Last week, we began learning how to lament in our prayers. We have been doing a series of studies as a church family before the coronavirus came called Practice, The Practice of Prayer. And we're going to continue that series for as long as we've maybe exhausted prayer, since prayer is such an essential element to the Christian faith and such an important part of how we live out our lives, both gathered and scattered. We want to encourage each of you, as we've said in previous podcasts and messages, to use this time to learn how to pray without ceasing, to pray continually and regularly, day in and day out, and to learn new habits and forms of prayer. And so this could be one of those moments where we're trying to think through a billion things God might be doing in this season, and the embassy elders want to say through God's word, let's be doing prayer. Let's be giving ourselves to this practice. And so last week we were focusing on the prayer of lament, and if you weren't there last week on our call or saw the worship guide, I highly, highly recommend going through that and listening to the podcast recording. Last week we saw that a prayer of lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. It's the transition between our heartbreak and our hope. It's the gap between pain and promise. In other words, we are often tempted in troubled times like the ones we're in now to either fall on the ditch of denial on the one side or the ditch of despair on the other. But we argued last week that lament is the biblical, faithful, middle road. Lamenting is not being faithless because no one has all of the answers to what's going on right now or ever. God does, and it's trusting in him during that time. And I believe that the longer the shelter-in-place order continues in our state and in our country, the more that you and I are going to need to learn and practice lamenting. We need to not be silent and turn away from God, but turn to God in our prayers. We need to complain at times, the biblical kind of complaining, the faithful kind of complaining, the honest, transparent, sharing your heart and your feelings about what's going on, telling God exactly the reasons for your sorrow and your struggles. And we need to make bold requests, asking God to act for his glory, for our good, so that we could be back together as a church, so that people don't die, and so that lives are saved, and that people come to faith in Jesus, and that this time and season is used in incredible ways. I've had conversations with several of you on the phone, and we've talked about how this season is pressing us, and it's going to bring out the worst of us at times, but I think it's also going to bring out some of the best in us. And my hope and prayer is that Embassy Church, we see lots of fruit of it bringing out the best in us. And so we want to pray boldly that God would do that kind of work in us. And when all of this happens in lamenting, we turn to God, we bring our complaints, we make bold requests for God to act. It leads us to a place of praise and trust. It's the whole reason we turn to God in the first place. So once we've learned to lament, and as we continue practicing that, and I do think this is one of the key practices of this season, is us as a church 
encouraging and learning how to lament. It's not something I think that we do very well as broader Christians in at least my Christian upbringing and going to church, etc. And I think uh, after we maybe get a little bit of some handles on lament, I want us to think today about what do you do next? Is, is that it? Do we just come to God, make some complaints, we pray bold prayers, and then we trust God, and then move on? Well, of, of course, that's, that's not it. The Bible is, is a big, long book, and there's lots of instruction for every facet. And so, if that's all you do is lament, then that's better than nothing. But we want to say today that another type of prayer, another type of psalm in the psalm book in our Bible is a psalm that I think we need desperately just as much as lament. And it's a psalm or prayer of thanksgiving. Trimper Longman has a helpful little book called How to Read the Psalms. And in it, he explains the different types of psalms. And he says the thanksgiving psalm is a response to answered lament. So it makes sense, I think, for us to be here where we are today. The Thanksgiving Psalm is a response to answered laments. He goes on to say, there is a close connection between psalms of praise and psalms of thanksgiving. Some scholars have even argued that psalms of thanksgiving are really just a subcategory of praise. But in summary, a thanksgiving psalm is praising God for our answered prayers. When we, in this season, turn to God with those raw, honest thoughts and feelings, we come to him and we make bold requests, do you have an expectation that God is going to hear your prayer? And do you believe that several of these prayers are going to be answered faithfully, Maybe even just as you ask them. Of course, God is going to answer prayers and in his own time and in his own way. And as many of us should know, several times we're like little children asking for something that we really shouldn't want. And he's going to give us the thing that's better. And we think he wasn't answering our prayer. But in fact, he was answering our prayer way better than we could have ever imagined. So as Tim Keller says, God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew what he knew. Dwell on that for a little bit today. God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew what he knew. So God is a God who hears and listens, which is why we can turn to him, why we shouldn't give him the silent treatment. He answers our prayers and he gives us exactly what is best for us, even though it is so hard to understand that at times. So then think about your own life. I don't know about you, but one thing I find pretty embarrassing is when I add up the number of times I ask God for something and compare that with all of the times God actually did give me that thing exactly as I asked it. How many times do I stop and thank God for the ways that he faithfully answered my prayers? And for me, my honest confession is that I don't think that's a a common habit or practice in my own life. And I want us to consider for a moment the example of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, there's the famous story of Daniel in the lion's den. And we've got the Babylonian king ruling over exiled Jewish men, Daniel being one of them. They are not 
stuck in their homes like we are, these men are taken from their homes. And I think it's a good reminder to just remember that some of the contexts of the Bible are far worse and far more difficult than what many of us are going through, which doesn't lessen the actual severity of our situations. I just think it's important for us to look at the the texture of the stories and situations of Scripture and see that many men and women throughout the history of the Bible and through the history of humanity and the Christian faith have had to walk through plagues and pandemics and epidemics and all kinds of things that we're going through today. And Daniel was going through an extremely difficult situation, and he knew that if he continued to pray, the very thing that we're encouraging you guys to do all the more in this season, if he were to do that, then this would be a dangerous, certain death waiting him as he were to be thrown into the lion's den. And so hopefully you, you've heard and read the story before, um, but I want to just read a couple verses to show you from Daniel 6, 10 and 11. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, signed being that if he prays, then he'd be sentenced to death and bow down to any other god than the god of Babylon or the, the king of Babylon. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed. And that's part of the story that I think we probably are more familiar with. Daniel continued praying with his normal habits, his normal routine of three times a day. But here's the little line that I don't want us to miss. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed. And he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. In one of the most trying, difficult circumstances of Daniel's life, he not only continues to turn to God in prayer, but he does the specific act of giving praise and thanks to God. Thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you. I mean, don't you think in that time of prayer, there'd be a lot of other things that you'd be thinking about? God, don't let me die. God, save my life. God, get me back home. God, I want this shelter-in-place thing to end and the coronavirus to get over. Those are legitimately the sort of bold prayers that we should be praying and lamenting and asking God right now in this season. But let's not forget to thank God that we have breath, that we have life, that we have a home, that we have a church family, that we have the gospel, that we have access to the Father, and on and on it goes. So, I want you to be encouraged by Daniel's example and remember that prayer, and more specifically, prayer of thanks, is a great way for us to work through this season and persevere. I think that the big idea that I'd like us to remember today is that gratitude and the discipline of ask and thanking God is an antidote that can protect us from fear and anxiety. And I want to challenge each of you in your homes, individually, as a family, that if you don't already have one, I want you to make a habit ritual like Daniel. Some sort of gratitude ritual in particular. 
that this season will not just be filled with prayers of petition and laments and bold requests, but this season will be filled with looking back and looking around to seeing what God has done in the past and what God is doing right now to sustain and save and rescue. I said this season is going to bring about some of the best and it's going to bring about some of the worst. And when you see those wonderful blessings of the ways that God is bringing out the best in us, let's give thanks to God. For an example, um, if you don't have a gratitude ritual, uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C., I I read a book by C.J. Mahaney called Humility. And in there, he says that one of the great ways to make us humble is to make a practice of being thankful. And he says, at the end of every day, consider reviewing the day and thinking about everything that happened in that day. And as you're doing this inventory of the day, think about how anything that you accomplished was only because of God's grace and thank him for it. And then consider all of the things that maybe you weren't even expecting to accomplish or, or were surprised by and and then just be thankful for another day of life. And, and so this has been a practice that I've been doing uh, ever since I read that book is that there's like anything else times where I probably don't do this, but more often than not, as I close down the day, I want to review the day and I make it my bedtime gratitude ritual. And I strongly encourage you to think about a time, a spot, some sort of small goal that you could start implementing right now, starting this week. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the evening, maybe it's just a short note card you want to write down or something in a journal where you write down one thing you're thankful for every day, some kind of gratitude ritual or habit. As Daniel prayed three times, and gave thanks to his God, I want to encourage us to give thanks to God. The last little word I want to say as we move into this time of going through Psalm 107 is that it seems that in Paul's letter to the Colossians, in chapter 3, verses 15 and 17, there's a strong connection between gratitude and the peace of Christ that rules in our hearts. In Colossians 3, verse 15, Paul writes, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In these three short verses, Paul talks about being thankful at three different times. And that's why I wonder if whether or not Paul understands that gratitude and thanksgiving is like the healthy soil that allows the fruit of peace to grow up in your heart and life. And as so many of us are worried about the future, gratitude can teach us to look back and consider the faithfulness of what God has already done. And so therefore, the goal of our home worship guide is to spend time meditating on Psalm 107. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. And we're going to offer up prayers of thanksgiving. And we're going to thank God specifically for answering our prayers and being thankful first in the past for his past deliverance and then expressing gratitude 
for his present deliverance. It's important for us to remember that prayers of praise and thanksgiving are very similar. As Tremper Longman said, thanksgiving is a subcategory of praise. But it's not the exact same thing. So I think one simple thing for you to remember as you differentiate between a prayer of praise and a prayer of thanksgiving is that a prayer of praise is really you narrowly focusing in on who God is, his character and his attributes. Whereas a prayer of thanksgiving is narrowly focusing in on what God has done, his actions and his deeds. Prayer of praise, who he is. God, you are amazing. You are lovely. You are eternal and infinite. And you are bigger and greater and your thoughts are higher and much greater than ours. That's prayers of praise. You're just extolling and listing out the attributes and character of God. Whereas a prayer of thanksgiving is about what he has done. And as Christians, we should know that the main thing we should be thanking God for is what he has done in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sending God into the world, rescuing sinners, living a perfect life, dying on the cross for our sins, rescuing and reconciling the whole world through his resurrection from the dead, and then ascending to the throne of God, seated at the right hand to pour out the Holy Spirit upon us. God has done great things, and every day we can be thankful for what he has done and thank him for it, regardless of what happened in that particular day. So we're going to begin with part one, expressing gratitude for past deliverance. And we're going to encourage you to open your Bibles, if you haven't already, to Psalm 107, verses 1 to 22. We're going to read the first half of the psalm, and I have Mr. Steve Howell, who is going to read this scripture passage, and then he's going to lead us in a prayer of thanks. We're going to close with uh, two songs and uh, a benediction from Colossians. Uh, again, I want to just reference that uh, there's some helpful exercises that were sent to you all in your home worship guide, and those exercises correspond with Psalm 107. And so as you read through it, I hope you would do it maybe over lunch today or maybe later on on your Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think it could be a helpful tool for you to use as a family or for your personal devotions. And so I want to just make sure that you all have uh, the basic idea. I want to just make a couple comments that relate to then transitioning us into this next uh, set of two songs we're going to sing. As, as Eddie just prayed, we, we really want to be thankful first and foremost for the gospel every day. As a church, we've talked about being a gospel-centered church. And so in that case, uh, I want to remind you all, uh, or even just helpfully point out, that Psalm 107 is a celebration of restoration. It is a celebrating and thanking God from four different types of experience. When you read through the psalm, you're going to see that some are experiencing what it's like to be lost, some what it's like to be hungry and thirsty, 
you'll notice that there's this uh, paragraph that each starts for some, and then it lists out the experience. For some, it meant captivity and darkness. For others, it meant sickness or injury and the likelihood of death. And for some, it meant a hazardous journey across the ocean to start some sort of trip across the Mediterranean. These different aspects and experiences are, are quite broad and they're helpful for us to know that we could be finding ourselves in many different experiences as well. And then in each case, they cried out to Yahweh in the midst of their trouble. And in each case, Yahweh responded and delivered them from whatever that trouble was. And what's interesting is that the, the context of this psalm is that the trouble that these people are experiencing, more often than not, because of reading First and Second Kings and reading through the prophets, it's not because of a natural disaster or a virus, per se, that's just coming upon us and we had very little to do with it. In this case, it's that these people are being rescued from the very things that they got themselves in because of their sin. And think that this psalm is a celebration of restoration, that God is not holding back his salvation or his restoration because of sinfulness. And this is, I think, an encouragement to us that God is a God who is rich in love and mercy, and he wants to save. He longs to rescue and restore our God is a God who even when we get ourselves in trouble because of our own sin, he still rescues us. And so with that spirit in mind and with a, a song of thanksgiving on your heart, we want to close this time with two songs that cause us to meditate on the gospel and being thankful for Jesus. Because the greatest restoration and the greatest deliverance is not going to be from the coronavirus. It's going to be from the whole problem of our sin and the wrath of God and all of the injustice of the whole world, not just your sin and my sin individually, but cosmically, the undoing of all things that are going to be reconciled and restored. So let's celebrate that. Let's sing. And so Adam, if you could lead us in these next two songs, the gospel song and Jesus, thank you. Well, it's been a blessing being with all of you through this Zoom call, and I'd like to close out our time with a benediction from that passage in Colossians 3, 15 to 17. Notice again the encouragement for peace and the peace of Christ to rule in your hearts connected with thankfulness. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.
Brothers and sisters, my hope and prayer is that as a church, whatever we do, whether in word or deed this week, we would do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Amen.